0: As moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Get to the range while you can. Time is running short. It's hard! Noon for Wednesday, August 18th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at T.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at T.me slash I'm Reasonable. You can find me on Gab and Getter at I'm Your Moderator. The Substack is I'm Your Moderator. com. And the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. com. If you're experiencing browser issues with that site, go direct to shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel. Dash Couture. Today is the two hundred tenth day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who was overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You thought You had the whole story and everyone believed it, but you miscalculated once again. I know it comes as a shock. How could it be that all of the very smartest people in the world could all be so wrong over and over and over again? And why didn't the television warn you about this? <laughs> That's about where we're at, isn't it, Kami? You're like, wait a second. I was wrong about everything. Why didn't the TV tell me? Hey, Kami, you're already answering your question. You should have realized by yourself. Not to just listen to everything the television says. I know who could see it coming. Just right out of the blue, your whole life, all you ever needed to do was pay attention to what the television said. If the television said better be careful about this new bachelor, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Blake, I don't know about him. You'd see him in the grocery store on those little magazines and you'd think, oh, Blake. Oh, I've had about enough of Blake. (laughs) But you'd watch him again at night and you'd be like, hey, girls, watch out for Blake. The television told me he's going to do you wrong. And the television said, hey. You know what's great? Cardi B. Check her out. Yes, she's mostly just advertising brand name products. And yes, she is advertising a lifestyle that promotes women becoming strippers and then working as prostitutes and then drugging the men that they go home with so that they can rob the men. Yeah, for sure, it definitely does that. But do you understand that she is a powerful and strong woman of color who happens to be perfectly capable of interviewing Bernie Sanders? You didn't know that? Well, perhaps you haven't been listening to your television enough. And you must be realizing this, right, Kami? I mean, you go out into the world believing every single thing the television has told you, and you see people out there not wearing their masks, and you think, oh, my God, these ignorant, uneducated racists don't know that there is a very deadly pandemic, a global pandemic still in the world 18 months later and you know a full year after people stop dying at a regular rate but there is still a global pandemic in the world and there's a very scary variant that is three times as scary as the original variant with another variant on the way they don't know look at them Out there walking around in their ignorance. What do they think? They're too good to breathe their own air all the time. It's like they don't listen to anything the television says. They don't dress the way the television says. They're not all acting like Cardi B. They have no idea what happened on The Bachelor. And they think the very scary variant is not very scary. And that must be the case because they're not wearing their masks. And everybody knows that the masks are why the vaccines work. Wait, I mean, the masks are there to protect the unvaccinated. That's right. Sorry. The vaccines still totally work. But the vaccinated have to wear the masks to protect the The unvaccinated and the unvaccinated have to wear their masks to. They they have to wear their masks, so everybody has to wear their masks. But all of these people out there, it's like they don't pay attention to anything the television says. And, you know, it's pretty offensive. Everyone on television is educated and an expert that's how they got on television even Brianna Keeler who otherwise you know yes I okay I get it yes she seems like one of the stupidest people on earth but that's just because you're ignorant. If you watched the television all day and you knew everything the television said the whole time, then you would understand that Brianna Keeler is just going along with all the right ideas. Like you you're just probably getting hung up on her her uh presentation or maybe it's uh her fat mean face and oh yeah and the and the presentation. That's just why you can't understand that she's actually really smart and, you know, I can prove that she's really smart because she says all of the other things that the television says, right? If you were to interview her by herself, she could make it all the way through the interview and never mess up on anything the television says. In fact, Brianna Keeler and Sophia Bush, should do a show together where they each trade opportunities to repeat the things the television says. That would be splendid entertainment. I bet they could get so much coverage on the front page of Huffington Post. When that show launched, my goodness, they would be so proud. The show would be called Two Idiots Repeat the Television to One Another. And it would be great. Ratings off the charts. Two angry women with fat, angry faces saying the stupidest things on the planet. Wonderful. Sounds like a gold mine. So... It turns out that there's a lot of people who have stopped watching the television all the time and stopped believing the things the television says all the time. And those people are going to be less inclined to tune into the Sophia Bush Brianna Keeler collab They don't actually want to hear two idiots repeating the television to one another and pretending they're actually brilliant while doing so. Most people are no longer into that. And the reason I'm talking about this is because I'm thinking about narrative control, right? If there is an end that our side is trying to achieve, I've stated it many times, We want the corruption out of government and election fraud obviously is a major part of that. All of that has to be exposed and removed. And we want to achieve that without society breaking apart to the point where we have a civil war. Okay, civil war is the worst case scenario. No matter how many times the Democrats try to start one. We need to have uh, the patience, the confidence in our position to be able to resist the temptation to respond in kind to these lunatics and domestic terrorists. All right. They tried it all last summer. What they wanted was a response from us. In kind. And because that response wasn't coming, they tried to manufacture it, right? The FBI, the CIA, we know who's running these groups, like the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters and the Oath Keepers. We have ample proof now. We all suspected it then, but we have ample proof now. They were there to engage Antifa and to cause problems. They wanted the violence. They wanted to make it look like it was on both sides. They wanted to spark that civil war so they could shut down their opposition. That is what every authoritarian regime wants. They're basically constantly saying, give us a reason. Give us a reason to attack you. Give us a reason to censor you. Give us a reason to ship you off To COVID camps, which definitely aren't concentration camps. They're just for the public health and to make sure that people with extremist ideas about public health, extremist ideas, you know, like thinking that Anthony Fauci is a liar. We don't want those people to be able to cause any harm to the rest of society. So. For their own good and for everyone else's, we're going to put them in a concentration camp. I mean, a a COVID camp. I didn't say concentration. That's what they want. They want a reason. We don't want to give them that that reason, right? And so all of this stuff, getting the proper response out of a population comes down to narrative control, right? Right? What the people act on is what the people believe and what the people believe is entirely dependent on the amount of information they're able to get. OK, in a free market of ideas, if you get the most possible information, then you leave it up to the judgment of the public at large to uh, analyze that information and refine that information And then try to express their own personal morality through what they recommend. So long as everybody has really good information, then it comes down to a question of judgment and morality. And people can talk about those issues and come at them from different points of view, all in good faith to try to reach the proper conclusion. And that's what can happen when you have what Michael Flynn calls the open world of information. All right. That's what we need to enable the proper judgment. Now, for decades up until this point in the last few years, but certainly from the middle of last century for 50 or 60 years, you know, we can uh, have a debate about which social media platforms Affected the population in which ways and when that would have happened, like when the uh, the dead certain date would be for when that took over as the form of people getting their information. But for the decades prior, people got their information from newspapers and they got their information from television. All right. Before that, they got their information from books and their neighbors. So. Neighbors are actually really good sources of information because they experience things in their own lives that you don't experience. And if you know that neighbor or that friend or whoever it is for a long enough time, you can make fairly sound judgments about whether or not that person is trying to steer you wrong. What would their motivation be to lie to you in a given situation? You know, someone might be more likely to lie to you about something they stand to benefit from than the weather, right? Or the score of a baseball game. You know that there's a certain set of things that they will definitely tell you the truth about. Most people will tell the truth about most everything if they don't believe there's a way they can benefit. Honest people will tell you the truth about everything regardless, because they value the truth. And in valuing the truth, you have to have some understanding of how dangerous it is to allow the truth to be chipped away at or to help that process yourself. But the television and the newspapers they take that element of trust away okay their trust is built up institutionally so the new york times is trustworthy in so far as you trust the institution of the new york times and institutional trust can be enforced and supported across culture you know, we call the New York Times the gray lady. We call it uh, the nation's newspaper, the newspaper of record. Right. Those are the reasons that we believe the words printed in the New York Times. And those are the only reasons that we believe the words printed in the New York Times. The New York Times cannot keep itself upright only on the basis of the reporting they do now, all right? They have essentially a legacy luxury brand that people trust. People accept that what the New York Times is saying is true because it's in the New York Times, right? Not because it maps onto reality. And if you are judging it on that basis, and you have been over the last five years, but you know, probably much longer, but let's talk about the last five years. You would see that the things they say routinely do not map onto reality. And you can infer their political leanings, you can infer their motivations and priorities. And what ultimately happens is that the New York Times brand deteriorates. And it gets worse when you hear things like, oh, China propaganda agencies are constantly advertising and giving them money, for instance. Oh, they're starting to sell their reader data to companies that would like to buy it and advertise to their readers. Well, that seems odd, doesn't it? Why is my newspaper exposing my personal data to advertisers for money. Why is that okay? And you think, huh? Their priorities seem to have shifted away from telling the truth about what's going on in the world. And then eventually you might have the thought. Have they always been like this? (laughs) Did the New York Times support? Nazism, maybe. The Klan, maybe. Maybe the New York Times is Brand is not representative of The New York Times' history. And when you learn that that's true, you might think, well, I guess I've been tricked about this media. And you can see, of course, the same thing happening on television. You know, we used to believe all the anchors on television. What gravitas. Whatever they say is true. And then we find out that the intelligence communities and the military-industrial complex are actually telling them, in some measure, what to say. And you think, well, that's weird. And then you watch any cable news from the last 20 years and you see pharma commercial after pharma commercial after pharma commercial after pharma commercial. And you find out that there are things like uh, restless leg syndrome. Right. All sorts of syndromes. I remember uh, they used to have this drug called Chantix, which I think just got pulled recently, um, which was supposed to help you quit smoking. But for some people. It only helped them think about committing suicide. And. They (laughs) they used to say on the commercial and it's not funny, actually, but it always makes me laugh just how preposterous it is. Just the the state of our culture that allowed us to get to this point. But they would advertise the drug and they would list the side effects at the end. And they would say, if you're experiencing suicidal thoughts or actions, call blah, 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 suicidal actions like You mean attempting suicide? It's crazy, crazy that we got to the place where advertisers would be saying something like that on TV while their advertising dollars are paying for the newscaster to tell you what to think about the world. It's crazy that we got to that point. Really, genuinely crazy. But we ignored it because the newscasters, well, they have gravitas. And if we can't look to the news organizations to tell us what's going on in the world, well, how are we supposed to know? And a lot of people actually really still think that. They'll be like, yeah, you know, I know that, like, the news... Lies sometimes. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know I'm smart. That's why I agree with all the things the news says. But pff, I still know they they're lying sometimes because you know I I I'm smart. Okay, Tommy. Seems like you're very smart. I can tell by this line of argument so far. <laughs> but they know the media is lying sometimes, and their basis for knowing that is that they can detect the inconsistencies and the changes in narrative. They know that certain people they're watching used to say one thing and now they say another thing and they accept that the media sometimes lies, right? But to them, The media only lies when they're saying something that embarrasses them in their normal lives as the viewer, right? Like if they went around yelling at people that Hunter Biden's laptop last year was actually Russian disinformation, if they bought that line hook, line and sinker and took it around to everyone and defended it, well, if anybody brings that up right now they're going to feel kind of stupid, which is unfortunate because they should feel really, really stupid, but they're going to feel kind of stupid. And they're they're going to know that the media misled them, right? So now they have a personal shame attached to having been misled. And this can happen a number of times, and they will still never fully blame the media because they will assume, as they've been told throughout this whole COVID thing, that the situation was developing and the media was actually right at the time because the only other people that were saying the opposite were the conspiracy theorists. So the media was obviously right at the time because the conspiracy theorists were wrong at the time. But now new information has emerged that backs up what the conspiracy theorists were saying at the time. And refutes what the media was saying at the time. And rather than understanding that the conspiracy theorists were right the whole time. They will interpret this situation as the media being right originally. The media being right now. And the media changing positions As a symbol of how honest the media is and was the whole time because they were willing to admit their error. I'm serious. This is like really what's happening in their little commie child brains. This really is happening and you can see it happening whenever you look at Anthony Fauci and listen to one of these communists explain to you why he originally lied about masks and how now he's telling the truth, you know, because the science evolved, right? So this is all about narrative control, all about narrative control. And by the way, hey, commies, if some of you have realized that Anthony Fauci is a liar, well, maybe you're on the path to redemption. And if you are, I would be remiss if I continued to forget extending a warm Wednesday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies. Welcome to the show. I'm happy you're here, especially if this is one of your first times hearing the show. If you came here recently from somewhere else, I'm here to help you migrate back to America by getting rid of all your uh, stupid and evil communist ideas that you have rattling around in your brain like a child's toy. But sorry, redeemable communists, you only get a short welcome today because I don't want to get off track. Now, you got to understand that the conspiracy theorists, in quotes, were right the entire time. They were right back when it mattered. And they continued to be right all the way up till now. Okay, the media was wrong, but it's worse than that, actually, commie. Because what you got to understand is that the media isn't wrong by accident. The media is wrong on purpose because they don't want you to know the truth. That's why the media always disagrees with the conspiracy theorists. It's not some random phenomenon, commies. Okay? If someone doesn't want the truth to be out in the public... What will they do? They will lie about it. They will try to speak over it, which is what they do every time they have the media disseminating these narratives. They are trying to use the volume of their cultural power to stifle dissent. Okay? They have the numbers. They have the big mouths on television. They have the broadcasting all across the country, and they have the ability to censor. Okay, they don't want to get the truth out because it goes against their ambitions, their motivations, their political priorities and their financial priorities. So they prevent the truth from reaching the public. All right. They're not correct then and correct now after changing course. As responsible people do simply is not what happens. Commies. They were wrong then. They're only right now to the extent that they agree with the truth. All right. Because what they really did was just take one small step closer to it. They're not telling you the truth ever because that's not their purpose. If they end up beginning to tell you the story that we told you a year and a half ago, it's only because they need that as part of a new narrative to move you off track once again. All right. The reality always catches up to them. Eventually, they their goal is to give everything and everyone three weeks or three months or three years or three decades To figure out the truth of something. It's just a delay tactic. All right. They are going to lie to you until they can no longer lie to you. That's what the purpose is of state media. And they will incorporate elements of truth only when they have to. Right. CNN based on a true story. So let's go back to narrative control. Right. Narrative control for a very, very long time was accomplished simply by controlling the newspapers and the television. All right. And to do that, all you have to do is either control the owner, the editor or the quote unquote journalists. If no one wants to report the thing you're trying to cover up, and no newspaper has the courage to do it, or society has a way of keeping it hidden, even if someone does have the courage to do it, then it's not going to get out there. And we existed in a culture like that for a really long time, which is how so many of us got to this point where we've spent a lot of our lives being completely blinded to the most important things affecting our world. And again, if this is your first time listening or something, you know, I just did Patel Patriots show again last night, and I think there are probably some new people here. So if that's you, I voted for Hillary in 2016. I was a Hollywood liberal. I mean, I'm not as dumb as most of them, but I believed a lot of dumb things because that's what my culture showed me. And that was it. And, you know, I was the the edgy person in that community. But I still thought that there must be some element of truth to all of it. Right. And there was, you know, some measure of truth on both sides. We were disagreeing about opinions. Maybe we were disagreeing about morality. But I missed the big picture. Right. The big picture is that none of that shit is true. And I'm not saying none of the events in the real world actually happen. Okay, I'm saying we are being intentionally misled about the meaning of those events. And they were very effective in that. All right. They probably put 75 percent plus of the country, maybe 90 percent plus of the country. Partially or mostly to sleep about the most important things affecting everyone's lives. They told them, hey, here's how it is. If you don't believe this, well, there's nothing you can do about it. So go about your own life. Try to get rich see what happens. And that was it, right? That's all American life was for a huge portion of this country. Try to get your kid to a good college. If they get to a good college, maybe they can go out and get a good job. Maybe they can earn more than their parents earned. And we'll just do that generation after generation. Everyone just looks out for themselves and we'll be just fine. Except then they start telling us, well, you know what? It's probably not a good idea to have kids until later on. And, you know, it turns out that later on, a lot of you aren't going to be able to have kids. But, you know, can't do it early. Can't do it early. Or else there's no way that both of you will end up being executives at your advertising company. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, I can never be an advertising executive. No one thinks that. Except wannabe advertising executives, I suppose. But they probably really don't think it. Not the way I just said it. Like, if you were never going to be an advertising executive, you could find other ways to make your life fulfilling. Right? You could start your own a- advertising company, and then you could just make yourself the executive and outperform all those assholes anyway. Right. You understand what I mean? We got completely twisted about our motivations, about everything in life that was important, what our priorities should be. Right. And part of this is a turn away from religion. I'm happy to give the religious community their credit on that one. But at the same time, let's be honest about what the American religious community is. Okay, it's been something that has continually shrunk in prominence and part of that is because the same evils inflicted the religious community that inflicted the secular community. So the narrative control has worked by and large on the entire population. But within the last 15, 20 years, we've seen the rise of all these internet platforms, the social media platforms, and the effect that they have had on the ability to control the narrative, okay? That ability for them to control what the public believes has, you know, it's had an ebb and flow to it, right? Sometimes they're better at it. Sometimes they're worse at it. When they start getting worse at controlling the narrative, then they put more force into it. They do things like censorship and taking down people's accounts and blah, 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 right? But the primary means of narrative control right now has shifted from just the media to media and big tech. And the media and big tech control of the narrative is also failing, all right? And so I know that this is a long route to get to that point, but I want you to understand fully how I think about this. Okay, Their narrative control is not coming back. All right. There's not going to be an opportunity for that anymore. We have already beat them on that. And the fact that we have already beat them on that is pretty conclusive about where this whole thing is going to end. And I'll tell you what I mean. I think that their ability to successfully control the narrative through social media is entirely a factor of how well they can make their algorithms work and how well they can predict human behavior. And I would suggest to you that they're incompetent to do both. All right. I have talked for a very long time about how epidemiology is not a science And it is not a science, all right? I'm not saying that as a joke. Epidemiology is literally not a science. It is a study. There are scientific elements to it, but it's not a science. They don't even reject their theories once they prove wrong. It is literally just about building predictive models to help guide people, all right? Instead, they are used as if they're scientific fact. Epidemiology is applied mathematics combined with an understanding of human nature that all the dorks practicing epidemiology have no idea about. They have no ability to gain that understanding of human nature that would be required to make their epidemiology valuable. It's just not there. What I'm saying is the social media companies have no greater ability to figure out what they need to do than the epidemiologists have. And we saw how the epidemiology guided the COVID response. All right. Even if we're going to pretend that the CDC and the NIH and And Fauci's NIAID, that they were all acting in good faith the entire time, which obviously I do not believe at all. But assuming they were, they would still tell you that they were basing their assumptions on what the epidemiologists were predicting, and the epidemiologists were constantly wrong about everything. So we have the elite classes, best epidemiologists on the COVID case, and each and every one of them who were chosen by the global commies to be the representatives of the science, have all gotten an F, okay? Not one of those people who's been on that side of things has delivered actionable information to the American public. All right. Everything that side delivered made things worse to the point where you can obviously see their intention in giving us such terrible information. Now, there are epidemiologists and other people on our side of things saying how they analyze the situation and how it's different. And that's fine. I'm not trying to insult uh, John Ioannidis and people like that at all, you know, Podcasting isn't a science either. You don't get extra credit for something being a science. But as far as their side is concerned, they have their A-team on the case, right? Now, you got to understand that if your goal is corruption and evil and domination, then your A-team can only be chosen from experts who are also corrupt and evil and bent on domination, right? You don't really get to select from the entire pool of experts unless you can compromise one of them. And that happens too, of course. But again, their side has their A-team out there. Mark Zuckerberg and the social media giants – They have their A-team on the case too, right? They have their best people trying to figure out how to get the results they want from their narrative control. They put their best people on it. Their best people were absolutely wrong and they have failed. Okay? Again, There's no way in the world that any of those people still wanted to be talking about election fraud nine and a half months later and be on the verge of the entire thing collapsing. And they are on the verge of the entire thing collapsing. If you don't see that, I don't know what to tell you. This is a debacle. No one is missing this. Okay, now. Their narrative control on Afghanistan is that Joe Biden messed up. First, they're going to take out Jake Sullivan. Then they're going to take out Joe Biden. And right now they're trying to uh, clean up Kamala's image and make her the responsible person that would have never done this crazy thing that Joe Biden's doing. In fact, she would have stayed right in Afghanistan just as the military industrial complex and deep state want it. That's who she'll be built up as. And then the situation will become so bad on television and so emotional on television. That there will be a push to send us right back into Afghanistan. But that, too, is going to fail because the thing is, these people trying to control the narrative don't understand that they have already lost control of the narrative. Think about how this would look from their perspective when they're trying to figure out how they can adjust an algorithm so that they can retake control of the narrative from an entire society. Right. And that's what they're faced with. They control the narrative the entire time. All the way back. From the beginning of newspapers and television And the Internet and social media, they always had control of the narrative. Maybe there was more allowance for opposing viewpoints, or maybe that was always an illusion like it is now. What's happening now, and for new people, I've said this before, but the idea that Fox is on the right and MSNBC and CNN are on the left, that's just branding, all right? Fox is telling the same story MSNBC is telling. They're just telling it to different audiences who like to hear that same story told in different ways. There's no difference in the main story. The central narrative is the central narrative. And Fox repeats the central narrative just as MSNBC does. In fact, the best interpretation we can give about Fox, for instance, is that they know their audience is is so normy and so mainstream and so still completely asleep that what they're doing now actually leads them slowly out of it right wakes them up nice and slowly it's not an alarm it's just ah uh, a uh, a a sunday in spring where you wake up to the curtains Just blowing in the light breeze while you're out in the country. That might be what Fox is doing right now, but they are still catering everything they do and say to people who are addicted to the central narrative, right? Being on the slightly conservative side of that rather than the extreme radical left of that makes no difference, just appeals to different audiences. And now that's pretty much in full view. You cannot get an alternate perspective from the central narrative, which is why so many people have left the central narrative behind, right? That is a loss of narrative control that you're seeing from legacy media companies. Okay. So that's the first step that has already happened. You also got to recognize the loss of narrative control of, from the legacy social media companies because they, they used censorship. They tried to enforce a single point of view and it didn't work. All right. No one is going to, you know, you don't, your mind doesn't go back to sleep and say, Oh, you know what? Yeah. Facebook really figured out those problems and we can trust them. Now. No, one's going to say that no one thinks that about legacy media companies I'm not going to get tricked by Brianna Keeler if tomorrow she starts talking about how yes the election was stolen. No. That's just these people moving on to their next motivation, their next attempt at narrative control while they feed you enough reality to keep you attached. If you are trying to control an algorithm, a narrative through an algorithm right now. What do you do, right? You need to get all the people back attached to the central narrative. So you need people from both sides to agree on the same thing once again, right? And that same thing is the reaction to Afghanistan, okay? So they are fine with sacrificing Joe Biden and living to fight the next battle on election fraud or on how awful Kamala is. You know, they'll probably maybe they have a plan to have her do something heroic and step aside so that a new crop of Democrats can come vie for president. Maybe they'll hire the rock. Right. That commie at the bar at the hotel in South Dakota last week. That I was that I was speaking to. That's what he said. Oh, yeah, no, the rock will be the next president. And I was like, huh. All right. Well, we got a great a retard here. The rock is going to be president, huh, bud? Okay, Go with that, commie. Sounds good. I'm not going to ever say that again because I'm not retarded. But you keep saying it. all good. Who knows what they're going to do with Kamala, but they have collectively decided that Joe Biden is getting thrown in the in the water, right? The boat's just going to keep on moving. Joe Biden's going to walk the plank and that'll be that. And then they imagine that everyone will just unite around the central narrative again. And they'll come out with some commie clown like Chris Wallace or Brett Baer or Brian Williams. And they'll be like, Americans from both sides of the aisle have united around the common belief that Joe Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan is a failure. And are these the president's final days? We can all see that coming. But there's no sides of the aisle anymore, all right? There's only Americans versus communists. All those commies, all that corruption, all that compromise, it's all the same thing. And we know that there aren't two sides of the aisle anymore. Everyone can see it. That's not the sort of thing they're going to just forget. We just watched 19 senators from with the, the R in front of their name say, go ahead to this awful infrastructure package. Oh, Americans from both sides of the aisle are uniting in their belief that they don't want to crash crash through a bridge high above a river. That's what we were told. Americans like infrastructure. Americans from both sides of the aisle support the infrastructure package. Oh, got it. Okay. Well, yes, Americans do share a common belief that they don't want to plummet to their death in icy waters because a bridge is poorly built. Anyone and everyone knows that. But all of those Americans answering that question, giving the media the exact poll response they want to pretend that something about this is approved of by the people. Well, none of them know what's in that infrastructure package. Hey, do you want a birthday present? Well, yeah, it's my birthday. Give me the present. Oh, it's a box full of shit. I guess I didn't want a birthday present. You can take it back now. All right. The concept of birthday present implies good. The concept of bridges not allowing your car to plummet into the icy depths implies good. So you take the implication. You say, yep, thumbs up to infrastructure. And then you get some jackass Romney. Going on television and being like, oh, well, you know, Americans from our side of the aisle, they really support infrastructure, too. Uh, Okay, how much do they support infrastructure? Do they support infrastructure so much that they want two hundred billion dollars worth of it while you give an extra trillion away in money laundering schemes around the world to pay for your little NGOs? to pay for all of the crime and corruption that you engage in on a regular basis? That's not what they want. So there are no two sides of the aisle. There's the people, and then there are the communists. And almost everybody in government falls in the second category, which means, sooner or later, bye-bye to all of them. Because this nation is never going to be communist. But back to narrative control, right? This is exactly the sort of thing they do to try to retake narrative control. All of a sudden, everybody on the social media platforms thinks, oh, wow, look, we're allowed to say these bad things about Joe Biden for the first time. I guess it's a. Uh, The social media companies aren't against free speech. I guess the cable news shows, I guess they're fair and balanced now because now they're insulting Joe Biden. So before they were just telling us the truth and then you know what? It turned out Joe Biden was 100 percent the right choice. They were totally telling us the truth back then. The TV was 100 percent right. And I don't regret my decision whatsoever. But then this Afghanistan thing, you know, it got out of hand. It's probably at least partly or maybe all Trump's fault. But I agree with the television that Joe Biden has to go. So the television is right again. Isn't it incredible? And you reattach right to the central narrative. You keep going as if nothing happened. And that's the mechanics that they have been using against us for decades. But they have already lost. All right. Because people see through that now. There is no way they're going to be able to fix their algorithms at this point. It's not coming back. And so the way you have to see this is the mainstream media companies are playing defense and have been for a very, very long time, all right? The stuff you see them accenting in their reporting is almost always stuff they are over-dramatizing, trying to get people to shift back in their direction and trust them, trust them that their race narratives were right the entire time. Remember how in February or March, whenever it was, We had three or four weeks of constant mass shootings just on the news all the time. Some sex addicted dude went in and shot up some Asian massage parlors, but didn't care whether or not the people he was killing were Asian. It was quite clear that he did it because he was extremely disturbed. And they tried to make this like a whole anti-Asian violence narrative That fell right on its face. Then they had something in Colorado at a grocery store. No one even knows what the hell happened there. Right? They just stopped reporting it. They were like, oh, shit. We don't know how to say that they hated Asians or blacks. I guess, what do we do now? They just stopped reporting it. They had just mass shooting after mass shooting after mass shooting. They don't pay attention to any of the gun crime that happens in the commie cities around the country. Joe Biden went out to Chicago to pretend he's fixing that whole thing because they're pushing for gun control. How's that worked? They haven't even gotten their their ATF commie approved yet. Another failure, another narrative failure, right? They're putting all this stuff out there. They are throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks, and none of it is sticking. None of it is sticking because they have completely lost control of the narrative. They are doing this Afghanistan thing and they are just publicly throwing Joe Biden under the bus. And it's still not working because the country is lost for them. I mean, they've lost the country. No one believes the media anymore. No one believes the social media companies anymore. No one believes the television or the newspaper media, by the way. No one believes the expert class out of universities. No one believes the public health community. No one believes the CDC. No one believes General Mark Milley and Lloyd Austin, that pathetic fool double vaxxed and getting off a plane in a face mask and a shield. No one believes these people. They look like idiots. Everybody knows they look like idiots. Everybody would see these people in public and be like, wow, what an idiot. They seem like they have all this this gravitas and seriousness because you see them on the television or they have the this or that credential. Oh, Anthony Fauci is the director of the NIAID for 40 years, and he is a real scientist. So so what? Mark Milley has all these badges all over his chest. Well, look what's been happening in Afghanistan the last 20 years. You think he's done a good job? You think that's how he earned all that? You think his credentials come from expertise, from merit? No. He's a political hack and a clown. What does he look like when he's grocery shopping? Got a t-shirt on? Just looks like some fat moron with eyeliner on? He probably does that. Probably does the whole Silence of the Lambs thing at home some pathetic Buffalo bill just trying to fulfill his perverse desires and get attention from the world that rejects him. (laughs) Ah, I just, I want to learn about white rage. (laughs) Oh my God. I hope Mark Milley is like safe inside some liberal bubble when he grows to the, when he goes to the grocery store, he probably only, uh, calls one of those delivery services and shops at Whole Foods. He probably has a special discount working for Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Maybe after all this, he can he can uh, work as a, a stock boy in one of the Amazon warehouses and piss in a Gatorade bottle until he gets replaced by a robot. And by the way, I hope this doesn't come off as disrespect to the military because I respect the hell out of people who are, have actually sacrificed for this country and done so... Because they care about the country, which we can see quite clearly is not Mark Milley's motivation. It's not Lloyd Austin's motivation. It's not Joe Biden's motivation. It's not the motivation of the media or the tech companies or the public health sector or the universities. None of these people care about making America better. None of them. But they still want to control what we think and what we do. So why do they want that? Because they are grasping onto their power. And they are grasping onto a system that allows people so incompetent to find prestige. There's nothing else Joe Biden could have successfully done in his life. So he turned to crime. It's not hard to see. I'm not overstating it. Joe Biden is a low level mob boss. He's not the Don. You think the mafia, you think corrupt criminal organizations, cartels, they don't put people in place in politics. They don't get their own district attorneys. They don't get their own attorneys general. They don't put judges in place. They don't take out the one judge who will give them the bad decision so that that judge is replaced with a new judge. That doesn't happen. Joe Biden's not that. Joe Biden spent his career in Delaware serving banking and finance companies through corruption. Hunter Biden said, on a videotape where he was naked with a prostitute confessing crimes that he has a gazillion dollars. Hunter didn't say, well, you know, I make a a very nice uh, salary for the work I do as an energy executive for this corrupt foreign company called Burisma. That would have been more accurate. No, he said he has a gazillion dollars. A gazillion dollars. He didn't say 10 million. He didn't say, I'm a billionaire. He said he has a gazillion dollars. He has so much money that he really doesn't care how much money it is. And he doesn't have to know because it's not his responsibility to know. It's his responsibility to make sure that everybody else knows that everything is going according to plan. And Joe will do whatever he's told. And the craziest thing about all of this right now is that reality and people's understanding of reality has pushed so far past where the media and the tech companies wanted it to be that everything they do to pull people back to the central narrative is so over the top that they are exposing themselves even more. All right. There is going to be nothing left of them by the time all of this is over. They're exposing new people every single day. It's insane. Honestly, to most people, a week and a half ago, Dan Crenshaw was a rising star in the Republican Party and someone conservatives could trust. But that's over now. Over and over and over again, these people expose themselves and they will continue to expose themselves because the people are awake. Now, the people can tell when they're being lied to. They're attached to reality once again. And there's no turning this around. The narrative control is going to fail no matter how hard they try, because it's gone. All right. And the people controlling the narrative We're never smart enough to control it in the face of this technology and in the face of the open world of information as described by General Flynn. He was prescient when he was saying that he knew what the future would be, and he knew that it would benefit the truth. General Flynn is a great man and a brilliant man for being able to understand that. He won an information war. And the people won an information war. Because the truth is always going to shine through as long as people are able to see it. They tried to hide it. We found it. They tried to hide it over and over and over again. We found it over and over and over again. That's not stopping. Everything they try to do right now is failing. They want weeks of news cycles out of each one of these stories. Ten years ago, they could have done this Afghanistan thing and drawn it out for two months. I'm not sure they'll get a week out of this narrative. But two months, that's what they thought. They thought this would take up all the oxygen in the room on every single channel. And, you know, the funniest thing about about this, this crazy Afghanistan narrative, as crazy as they're making it and how hard they're going. Is, you know, they thought they would be able to distract us from the election audit stuff And it turns out that they're doing a better job of distracting the communists from the COVID narrative. And every one of those commies who spends three or four or five days not hearing about COVID all day long, they're going to realize that the whole COVID thing is total bullshit. And then the media is going to lose both stories at the same time. That's how incompetent these people are. All right the two defining characteristics of these communist elitists narcissism and incompetence their positions are unearned they achieved them through force and corruption and i'm talking about the media too having all the volume being able to control the narrative in, for, in the first place because you have the apparatus that allows you to use force it allows you to overpower your competition with something they can't access All right. So that is force. These people are not speaking truth to power. They are speaking power to truth. I've said it a million times. They failed. They cannot succeed. Narcissism and incompetence. They have fully lost narrative control. They will not get it back unless we give it to them. So don't give it to them. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Come on. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon, I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'mYourModerator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at Anchor.fm by searching "Be Reasonable" with your moderator Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the ring. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands.